getting these diagnoses, it can be very scary, but it's just information to help us get back on track. I actually recently ran my thyroid again, and I'm like, you know, a little low in free T3, but my antibodies are like negligible. They're like two or one, like they're barely there. So just because something happens doesn't mean it can't be undone. Welcome back to the Essentially You podcast, all about reinventing your health with safer, cheaper, more effective natural solutions and powerful lifestyle changes so that you become the CEO of your health. I am your host, Dr. Marisa Snyder. What if your thyroid is not the root cause? Let's actually go a step further. What if your hormones are not the root cause? When I was living in a state of hormonal imbalance, I was quick to blame my hormones. I literally felt like I was in hormone chaos 24-7 because that's what it felt like. But these were just symptoms of a bigger issue. Can you relate to feeling so exhausted that you are not sure how you're gonna get through the day some days? My worst fatigue was during my thyroid struggles. And I remember leaving the gym feeling like someone stripped all of my energy away from me and I literally couldn't function for the rest of the day. When my thyroid became imbalanced, I knew to ask a different question that I had asked in the past, and that is, what is causing my thyroid to experience such low function? Getting to the root cause and rebalancing our body is the first step on our healing journey, not just addressing our hormones. It's no surprise that hormonal imbalance is a byproduct of inflammation in the body. They are not the root cause. It is absolutely something bigger. Here are six major root causes to consider when trying to figure out what is causing inflammation inside of the body that's impacting your hormones. The first, and these aren't in any particular order, is stealth and latent infections. Viruses, parasites, mold, Lyme, and we're going to be talking about that in the interview today with Bridget Danner. Next is heavy metals. Following that, environmental toxicities, things like pesticides, plastics, petroleum. Next is chronic stress. As you know, we can go into a state of perceived stress five times or 50 times a day, depending on what's going on in our life, and that adds up over time. Next is nutrient nutrient deficiencies, and last but not least is emotional trauma. The question that we need to be asking ourselves is, what is causing my inflammation? What is causing my hormonal imbalance? This is the question that we're going to be addressing head on in today's interview and in several interviews during the Essential Oil Hormone Summit. Now, have you grabbed your free ticket to register? I want you to pause this episode right now and go to eohormonesummit.com to register for free and you're going to get my favorite self-care recipe guide as a bonus gift because a part of this healing journey is going to require a little bit of self-care and those recipes are amazing things that I do every single day. Now, before we jump into this beautiful and incredible interview with one of my besties, Bridget Danner, I want to talk a little bit about what are some of the more details that you can learn from in the EO Hormone Summit. And what I'm about to share with you can change your life forever. How do I know? Because it did for me after experiencing it firsthand last year. On October 21st, I am launching the second annual Essential Oil Hormone Summit you are going to want to attend this year's free event. Why? 
Well, this is the one place you're gonna learn everything there is to know about how to navigate perimenopause and menopause symptoms naturally, like hot flashes, fatigue, mood swings, and an inability to sleep at night, how to regulate emotions, energy, and brain fog completely chemical-free, naturally reducing chronic stress and chronic anxiety both at home and on the go, how to own your menstrual cycle with oils and key nutrients, and how to heal your liver, thyroid, and gut with powerful protocols. We already have 25,000 plus new attendees who are registered for this year's event and more are joining us every single day. Now, in case you didn't go and register, you still have time to do it to grab your access pass. All you gotta do is go to eohormonesummit.com or click the link in the show notes for episode 134 and grab a friend to join with you. That's gonna be the important piece, is there are so many women in our lives who can use this information and just don't know where to turn. This is gonna be such a great event for them to turn into as well. Now, I wanna just take a moment, as you know I do, and celebrate your wins. One healing rock star is out of Hawaii. Her name is Pau Naki, and she reached out to me on Instagram just a couple days ago, and here is what she had to say. Dr. Marisa, Thank you so much for being so extra, extra amazing. I love listening to your podcast episodes and the topics you cover have blown my mind. No one ever tells us this stuff. I hope to meet you one day. Well, thank you, Paunaki, for sharing your win. I am so happy to shout you out today. Now, if you are listening, girl, I would love to gift you a signed copy of my book, The EO Hormone Solution, with a little personal note from me. So just reach out to me on Facebook or Instagram at Dr. Marisa, and we will get that to you ASAP. Now, if you're listening, number one, welcome to this show. This podcast is all about empowerment, and if it has helped you in any way, let me know. I would love to shout you out as well. You can reach out to me via Instagram, Facebook, or the best way to do it to really let people know what's going on here on this show is simply reviewing this podcast on iTunes or whatever podcast platform you plug into. That way, we get this message out to the masses to more women who are ready to solve their hormone issues, get their body back on track, and become the CEO of their health. Now, let's dive into this real conversation on thyroid and how to heal it naturally with my dear friend, Bridget Danner. But before that, I wanna sing her praises. Bridget Danner has been a licensed acupuncturist since 2004, a certified functional diagnostic nutrition practitioner since 2015. After losing everything from toxic mold, Bridget now educates about toxins and coaches women on how to detoxify the body through a functional approach and balance their hormones. Let's bring her on. Welcome back to the Essentially You podcast, one of my dear friends in the whole wide world, Bridget Danner. How are you doing, honey? Hey, Marisa. Good. I'm happy to be on your show. It sounds like you've got some big stars on this show lately, so I'm excited to you be are hilarious. So You are one of my favorite stars, and we are, not only do we get to spend so much time together in our personal lives, but I love that we are so in alignment in all the things that we do in our professional life as well. You're like one of my absolute favorite go-to hormone experts, and we are, you know, we were texting about, you know, what exactly we want to be sharing with our, with our audiences and what we think is going to best serve, and basically what we decided to talk about is mainly to myth bust what is driving thyroid or 
even this idea of, oh, something must be wrong with your thyroid. Let's give you some medications and send you on your way and actually dig into the root causes of what's going on. Yeah, totally. Totally. You know, it, it's like as a practitioner, you, you hear the same things are, I need a reframe. And then I just realized, you know, we just need to take this head on and reframe it. Because if you find out you have a thyroid issue or you think you do, you say, well, what do I do about it? What do I do to fix it? Right. It's how we approach health in this culture. Even if we want to be holistic, we're like, oh, I'm going into menopause. What do I take? What do I do about it? But hormones happen in an environment, in the environment of your body. And you influence that environment. And that environment influences your thyroid, which is what we're going to talk about today. So we really just need to stop blaming the thyroid and trying to kind of fix the thyroid in this direct way, we really need to just look at the whole environment of the body and what got the thyroid off off kilter in the first place. And frankly, it's the only way to address it that will really get you the long-term results you want. That is so true. And talk to me a little bit about, because this is, I know for you, this has been a journey as well. And you've had, I mean, I always tell people that, you know, our hormone journey or whatever health journey that we're going on isn't always this upward trajectory, right? It can be really messy. It can look like a roller coaster, even though sometimes people kind of sell us this idea that we're just going to get better. I know that you've had a couple different wonderful healing journeys. <laughs> That's what, that's what we'll call them that. And I would love to talk for you to speak to how, how that has affected your thyroid. I know that you've had a thyroid journey in its own right. So can you speak a little bit to those journeys? Yeah, I sort of have, you know, kind of two things that were my biggest health crises. The first was after I had my son, I was just postpartum like cuckoo. You know, I was super anxious, you know, couldn't sleep, um, just really didn't feel right. So that was the first time I was already a practicing acupuncturist, but, you know, I really didn't have certain tools that I do now about nutrition and, you know, healthy living. Certain things were missing, obviously, for me to feel that off kilter. So I really dug into, you know, making bone broth, like going to bed at a certain time, like eating on time. And I got somewhat better, but I would often, you know, slip back into... Yeah, I had a lot of problems with my immune system. I'd get sick a lot. I just got weird stuff. Like I got pink eye. I mean, who gets pink eye? And then I sort of had my second health crisis, I guess you could say. That despite working on my health, you know, so hard, I ran a hormone test, a sex hormone test, a Dutch test, and they said on there, by the looks of these patterns, something could be off with your thyroid. And I'm like, what? That's this is never good news. So then I went to check my thyroid and I had a teeny tiny little bit of thyroid antibodies and I was so devastated. And then right after that, I got strep throat. I was really sick. I couldn't recover. I finally was like something beyond this new thing, something's really wrong. And I was going to see some doctors and getting more tests and finally found out we had toxic mold in our home. So then it sort of makes me look back to all these other things that had happened in my health. And, you know, it's hard to know chicken or the egg when we'll talk more about that. But, you know, basically, I had toxins disrupting my hormones for a long, long time. 
And then coupled right in there was stress and, you know, overworking and and some of the other mistakes we make in, in modern life. But my thyroid was never meant to go sideways. You know, my hormones were never meant to go sideways. So that's why I said we have to kind of look deeper. And I, I think I did the right thing to start with diet and lifestyle. I think that that's practically free and always the best place to start. But then sometimes we have to go deeper and, and see other practitioners and look for other answers. I know you've been going through that as well because similar, you, know, you, you make a lot of good choices. You lead women in making good choices, but still something was off that needed like a deeper look, right, for your thyroid. So getting these diagnoses, it can be very scary, but it's just information to help us get back on track. I actually recently ran my thyroid again and I'm like, you know, a little low in free T3, but my antibodies are like negligible. They're like two or one, like they're barely there. So just because something happens doesn't mean it can't be undone. Absolutely. 100%. I'm so glad you spoke to foundation. And one of the things I've discovered in the last several months in really diving deep and kind of the, the tipping point for me, although I had to dig deeper into figuring out what the root causes were, but I would have to say that nutrition did play such a major role in it. And, and what I really found in kind of my discovery is when we have the foundation, like the nutrition and all those pieces locked and loaded, I find that it's easy for us to find the root causes because we've ruled out the kind of the basics. We've rolled out the foundation and it clears the way for, okay, so what's really going on? Because in some cases, and I don't know how many cases this would be, but sometimes making those types of changes may be enough. Not in all cases, especially when we look to root causes, especially when looking at root causes as maybe it's in some type of environmental threat and opportunistic, such as Lyme or mold or parasites or viruses. Clearly, we got to look deeper into that. Or maybe it's something going on with the gut or maybe it's a it's a toxin whether it's a heavy metal or in some type of environmental toxin or maybe it's it's a trauma of some sort and i know we're going to be talking about the the biggest root causes um because here's the deal you and i both know that most of the time women show up if indeed they finally get the labs read the way that they should be read it shows up that they've got low thyroid or maybe hyperthyroid or whatever may be going on. Maybe it's a different kind of autoimmune condition too that's driving something. Basically, what our doctors are doing is they're just they're giving us medications. And one of the things that I really want to emphasize too in this conversation is that although medications absolutely may be necessary, they're not actually going to get you to the root cause of anything, and they're not necessarily going to heal whatever has happened to your thyroid or to your gut or to whatever you are working on addressing. And so that's really what I wanted to emphasize too is, you know, so often we we go down this path and we never actually address the real issue. And what I know to be true, and Bridget, I think you can speak to this by all the women that you take care of, is that even if you're taking medication, that that root cause or that that thing that's that's manifesting, it's still continuing to manifest unless we actually get to whatever that root cause is. Yeah, that's a great point. And I don't I don't want to be anti-medication. My personal audience, they're quite anti-medication. They don't want to ever take medication for anything. But sometimes like it's an important bridge to get you through. I can tell you when I was my sickest with mold, I got a couple really bad infections. 
it was definitely the right idea <laughs> to take medication. You know, so there are times where it's necessary, but you're right. You can't just kind of keep covering it up. I mean, I've had clients say, oh, I've been on thyroid medication for 30 years or whatever. And it's like, well, what, you know, what it actually is going on here besides you taking thyroid medication. And sometimes they don't even feel that much better because just because you take the hormone doesn't mean it's getting to where it's supposed to go. So that can be very frustrating for people as well. But yeah, I think we were more going to talk about, you know, root causes. There are really quite many when it comes to thyroid. We can't get them all covered, but I thought we could hit a few big big ones. ones. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and here's the thing too, is that your thyroid just happens to be very vulnerable to a lot of these things. You know, it's not the thyroid's fault. It just, it just is a receiver of a lot of unfortunate circumstances. It just happens to, happens to be very vascular. It's probably one of the biggest reasons why we see the thyroid take a big hit. And that, a lot of things are coming through the thyroid and it tends to accumulate whether, you know, whatever that may be going on. I will, ha- I will say straight up, I know right when we started this interview, I was like, let me really quickly take my thyroid medication and then we can start the conversation. So I'm not going to pretend like I'm not taking thyroid meds. I am. I, but I also knew I needed to get to the root cause of the issue. And there were multiple root causes for me. Like there are so often, you know, I wish it was just one root cause, but it was a couple different ones. Let's talk about that first root cause, because now we realize that the thyroid really isn't the problem. It's a victim of other circumstances inside that are going on in the body. So let's talk a little bit about one of the biggest ones that we see a lot in that is infections, right? Whether it's mold or Lyme or parasites. I know that mold was a big one for you. I know that's an area that people are very interested in. Do you want to spend a little bit of time talking to us about that? Yeah. Yeah. So I'll just give, for example, of mold, you know, not every mold is toxic to the human body, but some are. And just the way that we design our indoor environment, it's sort of artificial we can end up with water collecting and certain molds dominating that give off these toxins. And for some people who can't tag and clear those toxins very well, will just hang around in the body, destroying the mitochondria of your cell, causing incorrect replication, triggering the immune system, disrupting the hormones, creating chronic inflammation. So it's just it's just bad news for the environment. The thyroid likes things to be stable. It doesn't, doesn't like, you know, an immune system that's constantly reacting or a liver that's constantly, you know, overloaded. I find a lot of people who have, especially autoimmune Hashimoto's who also have mold. And you certainly could have just low thyroid with mold. We can talk more about why that is, but Mold is an example of one kind of agent that can just scramble the body in such a way that the body starts to attack its own tissues. And again, the body never means to attack its own its own tissues. It's just when there's that dysregulation from something like mold, it can happen. So if people are listening and they're like, I've never heard of this mold thing, <laughs> I get, you know, that's kind of how I once was. It's just something that is you could be prone to the way that houses are built when there's chronic leaks or humidity and mold develops and you can't clear it. So it's a really a, a quite a sneaky one. And I would just say if you're listening and you thought, oh, I've been worried about my apartment or my basement or my workplace, 
and I have a chronic stuffy nose or chronic headaches or chronic fatigue or chronic insomnia, this can be a trigger that can do lots of trouble. But one of them can be to dysregulate your thyroid. And then you are having trouble sleeping or you know, trouble with your periods or what have you. I was having all those things, but I wasn't having some classic thyroid things, Marisa. So it, it can be tricky as well. I mean, you know me, I weigh like 95 pounds when I'm wet. So I'm never, you know, I was never like hair falling out, gaining weight. Like I just didn't feel like I was a thyroid type, but there are so many thyroid symptoms and I definitely had some of them. I just didn't see it. I thought, oh, it's more stress in my female hormones. Or I really blamed a lot on stress, <laughs> which is a great which is a root a cause, by the way. <laughs> it is a root cause. And so often, yeah, we're looking for those big ones. I thought for you know, I put on 10 or 15 pounds and I was treating the weight gain. And that's all I could see. I was like, why am I putting on this weight? It must be all this stress. It must be me burning myself out. And you come to find out it was, it was one of the key indicators for thyroid issues for me. So I kind of had a lot of the, I would say that I had more of the textbook symptoms than you did, but I think I really love that you're shedding light on the fact that there are, I mean, over a hundred symptoms for, for thyroid imbalance and that we, we should be looking at. And if you think at all, if there's any lingering feeling, if there's any doubt or gut instinct that says, huh, something doesn't feel right. I want people to know that your thyroid hormone is one of your most important hormones. It's I call it one of the alpha hormones because it has receptor sites on practically every cell in the body and your metabolic resilience is everything in the body. It's what every single cell needs to function. I think that if there's any type of inkling that says, huh, I don't know if something's right here. Definitely go and look at it. I was interviewing McCall McPherson and she was telling me that, and this was an interesting comment, but she said, because our thyroid is so vulnerable to our modern world, the toxins, the stress, nutrient deficiencies, whether it's some type of latent infection, if we're dealing with that or not, it's so vulnerable to so many root causes that we're really being exposed to all of the time that she said, it's not a, it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when that over time, our thyroid will begin to slowly not function as well. Or maybe it's our gut or our liver, because you know as much as I know that the conversion of inactive thyroid to active thyroid is happening in those two very important organs as well. Yeah, it is just so vulnerable. And again, we although we should focus it on it, on it as far as giving it love, we can't focus on it as where things started. <laughs> and frankly, that's a big conversation. She, like she said, it's inevitable. I mean, it's tough, you know, to try to stay healthy in today's culture. My son just had a birthday and then we went to another party. You know, it's just nothing but like pizza and candy and noise. <laughs> so like, it's, it's almost like counterculture now <laughs> to try to like have peace, eat well, you know, not be on the screen. It's, it's not easy. But I think when we turn our attention towards, you know, wanting that and, and not making excuses and, and just keep pursuing what we want, whether it's to be able to come become pregnant or to have your hair stop falling out or to get a good night's sleep, like it, it is possible. And just know, like, you're not alone. It's not just you who's stuck with this. Like, culturally, we're all sort of battling 
these same temptations. <laughs> and we have to really, you know, do our best to while we travel, still you make good food choices and that kind of a thing. Absolutely. Talk to me a little bit about, because I was, I was thinking about one, whether we're dealing with some type of infection that could be brewing in the body. What are some other things? Look, can we talk a little bit about the gut and, and the role that the gut plays in not only our thyroid function, but let's be honest, girl, in every single function inside of the body? Because I think, like you said, it's not the first place that this started, right? It's just where we feel like crap. Because when your thyroid isn't working, you're going to feel it right over time. And it's going to be the place you're going to be like, can you just fix this when we really should be looking at fixing something else too? So talk to me a little bit about where does the gut play a role in this and how does the gut play a role in, in any of it? Yeah, the gut is always 100% of the time part of it. <laughs> you know, if there's a thyroid issue, 100%. So it's where nutrients are absorbed. It's also where nutrients are manufactured. Our gut can actually, uh, microbiome can actually make nutrients. So it's very important, right? Because you need nutrients to run the hormones of your body. It's also sort of the biggest place inflammation starts because what we put into us, we react to. And if we're putting into us foods that we're reacting to, processed foods, it's going to be that first site of inflammation that then goes systemic. Uh, that inflammation, whether we keep is chronic or we keep eating those processed foods, we can get a leaky gut, then proteins are leaving the gut into the bloodstream. The liver has an extra burden. And that's really kind of when autoimmune starts. So the gut is super important. There's other ways to use It's where toxins are sort of cleared, right? One of our routes of elimination is through elimination. <laughs> so we need that moving and working. Some infections like parasitic infections do have a correlation to Hashimoto's like certain parasitic infections. So, so clearing those can sometimes clear a stubborn case of autoimmunity. It just always, you know, it just always needs to be worked on. So I prefer to run a gut test really literally pretty much on everyone, but definitely like a thyroid client who is feeling stuck. And it's not like, oh, you take your supplements for a month and your thyroid symptoms might just go away. It's going to be a long process, you know, six months at least to think about. And then really a lifetime of maintenance. You can't just go back to, you know, getting a hot dog at Costco. Like you got to give that stuff up and find a new way to live. But that, yeah, having that stability in the gut, having a good friendly array of, of good bacteria is super important. You know, some people would debate whether or not having infections is significant or not. But if you're having symptoms, something you're, something is significant. So some people would say, "Oh, well, a lot of people have parasites. Do we need to treat them?" Well, sure. If you're okay, if you're saying you're completely healthy, then maybe don't treat them. But if you're coming to see me, you're probably not feeling well, and I want to treat that parasite. It's a burden on your system, and a lot of these bugs put out toxins. So, you know, there's ways to do it on your own to some extent, like we talked about with, with just eating more fibers, eating more plants, you know, avoiding sugars. And that really is a fantastic starting place. If you haven't done those things, you know, then why run a $500 stool test? Just start with like cleaning up your diet. But if you have cleaned it up and are still struggling, uh, whether you have gut symptoms or not, 
if you have, if you're having brain fog, if you can't lose weight, a lot of these things are gut symptoms. They just don't have to do with going to the bathroom. So I think it's, it's an important place to check. And if, if you have been making improvements, but um, still not enough improvements, you may want to get a stool test run and, and look for bugs and, and look for um, just deeper into how your digestion is working. I love that. I think that gives us a little bit more clarity as to not only the importance, I really appreciated you and I both have programs and ways in which people should nourish their bodies and really ensure that they are eating hormone loving foods versus hormone sabotaging foods. And I, you know, I, I can't emphasize how often people have come to me and they have, they have done, you know, they've done my hormone detox. So they've done, they've done the reset in the book and they feel incredible. And sometimes I get this question of, well, when can I go back? And I was like, uh, Never. <laughs> like, I don't have, like, if you go too far back the other direction, you're going to find yourself right back where you started. And I will say, you know, in this last journey, and I've definitely had a couple of little, I've been traveling a lot. So I've had a little bit of cheats. I'll be honest with you. But in the last three months, I have really locked down so much of my nutrition. Mind you, I've been on all the supplements and we targeted all the root causes and we, we were working all those, all those things as well. But the nutrition I felt like was the game change. And it was such a big learning lesson for me because I, was, I realized, gosh, I, there's really not a lot of wiggle room right now if I want to feel this good because my gut is happy. You know, I was dealing with leaky gut. I was dealing with a lot of gut things, issues, and my, I wasn't feeding my body the right foods, even though I thought that they were good enough. Cause I do, I do eat really well, just like you do. I was cheating a little bit and it just wasn't something I could really get away with. And so if indeed you're wondering if you can go back to that Costco hot dog, you really just have to kind of assess where your body's at. So often a lot of those foods are just, they were never good for us to begin with. I just can't imagine they'll ever be good for us ever. <laughs> no, no, and they won't. Unless Costco goes like super organic and gets all kind of natural sauerkraut on their hot dog. I'm just joking <laughs> around. Yeah. You're just joking. Let's just be the clear. I'm just joking around. But yeah, I, I mean, and then this is a process, right? Like there's no good and bad. It's just a process. Like this summer too, I was like, oh, let me just kind of like have some alcohol. Alcohol is super, just side note, really bad for it's you. If you not, not good mold. for you. It's like <laughs> yes. the worst thing ever. Like, let me just have some alcohol. Let me just have some gluten and sugar. And at first it kind of seemed like it was okay. And then it just hit me so hard. You know, then I would just react so strongly to a tiny bit of sugar. So I, I'm totally dialed in now too. And if, if there's no good food choices, I just won't eat or I'll, I have some like Paleo Valley little jerky things in my backpack. Like it's okay to not eat. Actually, that's been something that's really helping my health lately is to just do kind of some intermittent fasting and let myself be hungry sometimes, not snack. It's amazing how much energy that can give you. So, you know, if, if your only choices are junk, just just say no thank you and try to, you know, bring your own food or just say, you know, I'll, I'll eat something healthy when I get home. I agree with you 100%. So often I'll just skip whatever it is. You know, we're, we, our liver has such a stored up amount of glycogen. We really can survive many days. Not, not that one should try to just to do that, but you, if you, if your options are not the options that you're looking for, you know, for me, you know, when we fly, 
you know, we flew yesterday. We flew home yesterday from Salt Lake City. And I know that there's nothing good at the airport. I, you know, there's rarely, rarely ever. I had a tea and I didn't eat until I got home. I had a salad when I got home. And I knew that I could, I could make it that far because I, I intermittent fast every single day. I usually don't eat until lunch or where I'm one o'clock any, 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 anyway. But Alex is so funny. He always thinks, I don't know, that he's going to starve to death if we go to the airport. And I'm just like, you know, you're not. You know, when we're home, you, you survive just fine. But, you know, I was that same thing. way. I would eat every two hours for sure. I was just such, we're going to talk about blood sugar in a minute, but like I was just, I was, a, I was, I ran on sugar, not to say literal sugar, but I couldn't, my body didn't have that. What did you call it earlier? That metabolic flexibility to skip a meal. Yeah. I didn't have that. And that has to be kind of something that you work into, but I think many women don't have that and it, it can be hurting your thyroid as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, let, let's shift gears because one of my other favorite alpha hormones, because we think about hormones, I know we're talking about thyroid today, but when we do think about hormones, so often people are like hot flashes and PMS, right? That's in, those are not, those are not, I mean, not that those aren't important hormones. Gosh, no, those are the hormones that make us women, that make us who we are. But the hormones that are really, really running the show, the ones that we should care a lot about our insulin and thyroid hormones on top of our other metabolic hormones and even our stress hormones. And so I want to shift gear to insulin because no surprise when it comes to these big players, our thyroid hormone, our metabolic hormones, our stress hormones, they are all playing in the same playground. They are all playing with one another. They're all impacting one another. You can literally deregulate insulin by being stressed all the time. I mean, that's how powerful, like oh, people say perceived stress is the equivalent of eating cupcakes, you know? <laughs> so let's talk a little bit about blood sugar levels. I was just interviewing a woman today about PCOS and, and blood sugar stabilization. It's such a big part of that as well. Um, we know that it's interconnected with our androgens and estrogen. I mean, it's all interconnected. Talk to me about why sugar balance is super important and what is the role that it plays in this conversation? Yeah, so we talked about the thyroid likes things to be stable and that's very much true for cortisol and blood sugar. Although they're not completely stable, we don't want them to be wildly off track. So your cortisol should be highest in the morning giving you energy and then it, it does come down pretty rapidly after lunchtime, which is maybe when you get start to feel a little sleepy. But if you're, you know, super stressed and you're in this kind of early adrenal stage of just keeping that cortisol high, you could be revved up all day. And that has some effect on your thyroid, less stimulation for thyroid hormone to be released and less conversion into the active form of thyroid which you, as I say, this is might be what's happening for me because I have my gut pretty cleaned up and, you know, I've been working on a lot of things, but my three T3 is still not quite what I want it to be, you know, and this could be why. So stress is definitely a real root cause and cortisol can also go kind of up with, with caffeine and sugar. So this is sort of why we crave it for energy. Uh, we crave these things to like bring our energy up. Well, what's actually bringing it up is the hormones are changing. So it's really behooves us if we're having a thyroid problem to eat more fibrous foods, eat less processed foods, eat less things that are basically going to give us a hit, like a cupcake or 
a strong latte or, or whatever, because it, it takes us on this roller coaster and your thyroid hormones are going to go along with it. So if you want them to even out, you've kind of got to even out your habits when it comes to stress and when it comes to eating sweets. What can we do to help set ourselves up for success? Is it mostly that we can do this in the morning? Is it with every meal that we should be thinking about this when it comes to stabilizing blood sugar levels? You know, so often I talk about cravings being this unmet need, but how do we, how do we ensure that we're not falling victim to those cravings? You know, you've got some great solutions with essential oils for just in the moment, for sure. You know, again, like kind of mentally preparing when you go to a party or a function, you know, what's going to be your choice, I think is something to think about. Like now, frankly, Marisa, these are very easy for me, these choices. It's easy for me to go to a party and not have cake or not have wine. And I'm not saying those things are bad. Like if I could handle a little more of it, then maybe I would. Personally, I just can't handle it. But so just, you know, eating. So just the knowing that you're going to feel like crap the next day is potentially a way to kind of set you up. I know that's why I don't do it. I'm like, ooh, how am I going to feel tomorrow? What do you mean? How do I? I know exactly how I'm going to feel tomorrow if I if I go that direction or how am I going to feel in several hours? Yeah, and the deciding like there's going to be this at the party. Maybe you decide I'll have one glass of wine and then switch to water. Or maybe you'll decide when the cake goes around, I'm going to say no, thank you. Like just having some, you know, forethought about things like you talked about traveling. You know, if you are nervous about traveling and not being having good food, what can you bring? I remember when I first started to change my habits and I go to like relatives for the weekend, they'd have all this delicious stuff out, right? Like chips and stuff. And, and I wanted a treat too. So if I didn't bring my own treat, I felt deprived. So if you're going to travel or be in an environment where you are going to want to celebrate with food, you know, bring some of your own foods. Go to Whole Foods and like stock up on some fun things that you like that are a, a lot better of a choice, but still let you feel like you are participating in the fun. <laughs> I love that because I never set myself up for success in that way. I just, what I'll do is I'll eat before the event or I'll, I'll, I'll make sure I drink a lot of water before the event. So I feel more satisfied. Um, but I do just tend to just like, I celebrate with soda water or I I celebrate just in the moment to celebrate it. You know, I'm just like, I can, I can celebrate without having to have these things. The thing that I always try to do to set myself up for success is really just feel like I don't have this need to want that thing. I mean, it's one thing to want to celebrate and want the thing to celebrate. It's another thing to be like, I'm exhausted. Give me something to feed my brain fog. You know, and so I always tell people, you know, healthy fats, fiber, and lean proteins, because if you've got that level of fuel in your body, your cells aren't going to be desperate for something because they feel like there's there's something missing. But I love the idea of bringing your own little special snack that feels good to you that you know is super healthy because there are a lot of healing. I don't even want to call them treats. I, you know, I don't mind the word treats. I think that we should treat ourselves all the time. I, treat yourself to anything, <laughs> everything. Get in it. I know that food is fuel and I know that food will move us further away from inflammation or closer to inflammation. I know that food is really designed to help our cells function and to give our mitochondria what they need. 
I know that. However, I also do believe that you should treat yourself and it just should be the type of treat. Like, like I'm drinking a, a sparkling water with lemon and orange. Like I like a little spray of both of them. Like I took a peel of an orange and a peel of a lemon and put it in my little sparkling water. That is a treat for me. When I do my unsweetened almond milk matcha latte every morning, that's a treat for me. I feel like really comfortable calling those treats, even though they may be healthy treats. Or maybe some people are like, eh, that sounds like a gross treat <laughs> to me. I love the way that you're honoring us with that ability to create our own treats. Yeah, yeah. And I think it's a process. I don't want anyone to feel like this is easy for us and it's hard for you. Like it's it's a process, you know. I think Marisa and I were raised on the same. I was raised on Pop-Tarts yeah, we and, were, and Kool-Aid. We okay, and chicken nuggets. Yeah, yeah, we know. I said my fun chicken nuggets. And fruit roll-ups. And mac and cheese. <laughs> I didn't. You know, it's all those 80s treats. Yeah, it doesn't happen <laughs> overnight. And I can even remember sometimes, Marisa, where I was starting to learn about this stuff, but sometimes I would crash so hard in the afternoon, I'd go get like this gluten free muffin down the street. And it was so full of sugar. But like, I just, at that point, I was still just wasn't where I am now. So sometimes I would give in, sometimes I would still have those ups and downs. But now, you know, for me to have like a gluten free, sugary thing, like a gigantic muffin, I don't, you know, mm -mm, maybe on my birthday, like it just doesn't appeal to me anymore. And then who wants a gluten-free muffin when you could have a gluten-free cupcake on your birthday, right? So like level it up. Uh, you're absolutely right. Yes. I mean, I think that's what it comes down to. You and I have come a long way and we've had a long journey and ultimately we've made decisions about our bodies and our health and how we feel. And we've decided, both of us, because I know we, we eat, we've eaten together, we do a lot of things together, and we make this a lot of the same decisions together because I, at the end of the day, you know, you got to decide what you value. And for us, I think, is we value that we're serving. We value that we show up with high energy. I wanted to show up for this interview, being able to, you know, focus and and ask the right questions and get the right information and and had i had i sabotaged myself yesterday that would have been a lot harder today true yeah yeah it helps you to stay more in your game but yeah just be gentle on yourself because it is it is a process and like you said when people do their detox program with you they feel amazing and they're like how do i stay this way well generally it's to keep eating that way and and you're going to go up and down but the more you realize how good you feel when you are are eating cleaner, uh, the more you'll tend to keep going back towards that choice. Mm. Bridge and Honey, it's been, I just loved all the things that we've connected on and shared. Where can we find you? And do you have, do you have anything that you, do, anything to set us up for success that you could share? Oh yeah. So my website is bridgetdanner.com. And I like, maybe I'll make sure to give your team, we've got uh, a five day detox. It's really easy and fun and has some, some fun suggestions. So maybe I'll be sure to give that um, to your team. So they have that for our listeners. Wonderful. All right. I will follow up with you. I'll make sure to have that link in the show notes for this little five day detox, just to get you guys started to figure out what to get rid of, what to bring on in. Bridget, honey, it's always a pleasure. I'm so excited. I also know that you're going to be on the essential oils hormone summit, which registration is open right now. I'll have your link in here as well. So if you guys want more interviews, Bridget and I really dive into thyroid hair loss. I mean, name it. We go even deeper into our interview there. You guys are not going to want to miss it. If you're loving what you're hearing today, 
day. And I will have the link in there as well. Bridget, honey, it's always a pleasure to get to connect with you all the time. Likewise. Thanks, Marisa. Bye, Annie. It's pretty clear that I am absolutely in love with Bridget and her message, and I am so grateful for her work on detoxification, especially from mold and other nasty latent infections that we can be dealing with that we don't even know that we're dealing with. She has supported thousands of people struggling with thyroid dysfunction with simple protocols, and she's actually going to be speaking on the EO Hormone Summit too about thyroid, mold, toxins, hair loss, in even more detail. It's one of my favorite interviews on the summit because the information and the recommendations are so applicable. So often when we are in that state of illness and we're struggling with these things that feel so intangible and so difficult to overcome, we just want simple remedies. And she has dialed it in so well because she has done it herself. She's been through it, right? And so I'm so excited to bring her on the summit. You're definitely one I'm gonna, you're gonna wanna hear that particular interview when it goes live on October 21st. Now, I also wanna strongly encourage you to go and grab her gift, the five-day do-it-yourself detox guide, because we've gotta start somewhere. The link is gonna be in the show notes for episode 134, or you can go to the website at drmarisa.com slash podcast. And I want to say thank you so much for stopping by and listening in to the Essentially You podcast. Our next episode is exploring creating a happy balance with PCOS with Megan Hallett. I am so excited that we're going to continue the PCOS conversation. As you know, I just did a PCOS episode just a week ago or so, and that was episode 132. It's an area that I really want to spend more time on because it's so important. So we're going to be diving deeper into that. I love everything that Megan has to say about healing and supporting PCOS. Definitely check out that next episode. And until then, have an amazing day. 